You're listening to a Bible lesson taught in the youth group at Trinity Baptist Church. We hope this Bible lesson will help and encourage you as you seek to live for the Lord. All right, 2 Peter 1, 1 through 11. 2 Peter 1, 1 through 11. I'm not going to have you read the whole passage today, but I will have you read what's on your handout. So if you have your handout, grab your handout, 2 Peter 1, 3 through 6. Yes, yes. We're going to go there. And then I'm going to ask you the questions like I always do, see where we're at. And I just found 2 Peter 1, 1 through 11 in my Bible. Before we do that, though, let us start in prayer. I'm going to lead us in prayer. And I'll pray, and then we'll jump into 2 Peter 1, 3 through 6, and we'll read it. And then we'll go through our review, and then we'll jump into, I think, if I look at it, I'm going to say that this is going to be a key lesson tonight as far as patience and the series that we're going through. So we've got knowledge, add to your faith, knowledge, I mean virtue, knowledge, temperance, and now tonight we're going to be patience. And I think patience is going to be one of the keys here as we move towards what do you do when life, when you're out of control, when life does things that you can't do anything about. So how do you handle those situations? Let's pray and then we'll jump in. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity is to be in your house. Lord, I thank you for these young people and their faithfulness. God, I ask that you would please help us as we look through this passage tonight. God, I know you've done a work in my life through this passage. And Lord, as I look through it, even today, Lord, just going through my mind and patience and what it means in my life. Lord, I know I need help in these areas, so I pray that you would please help us there. I pray that you help be with every uh, teenager. But I know we have every... I mean, a lot of things going on in our minds. Got a lot of things on our hearts. Pray that you'd help us to put those things aside just for a few minutes. Lord, open our hearts to receive something from your word. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would do a great work. Lord, through your word, not through anything I do. And we'll give the praise for honor for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so what is virtue? What is virtue, Rachel? Excellence. Yes, yes, yes. How do we spell it out? Excellence. It's excellence. My bad. <laughs> I didn't have to be so specific. How do? How does that look in our lives? How would we define that? Yeah. How do we spell? Give me an E. You got your E. No. How, how's excellence related in our life? What do we call it? Our what? Yeah, yes. There we go. Yes. Thank you. Our ability to accomplish our purpose with excellence, doing it right because we are to honor and glorify Christ. Where does our knowledge come from? Kirkland. Knowledge of God and his word and how to obey it and love it. Yes, exactly. So we grab our knowledge from God and his word. This is key. I know it's elementary, but this is key. I do not get knowledge from reading so-and-so's book. I don't get knowledge from hearing what a pastor says about God. I don't get knowledge from hearing whatever. I get knowledge from knowing God's word. I made the silly illustration. Who, who asked me? I forgot. Asked me if I got my wife flowers. Somebody asked me. I forgot who. They asked me if I got my wife flowers for Valentine's Day. And, of course, from my illustration, you know that I would not get flowers for my wife on Valentine's Day because... She does not care for flowers because I know her. Let me ask you this. Three things. What are the three things that stop us from pursuing our purpose? Kirkland, give me one of them. The flesh desires. The flesh desires. My flesh desires. And we're going to talk about that extensively a little bit today as we look at patience. My flesh desires. Go ahead. uh, Go ahead, Adam. Distractions. Distraction. What, What causes distractions? The world. The world. The world. The world causes distractions, yes. And if we're not careful, like I told you, the, the world can take a teenager that is not doing huge things wrong. 
and distract you from being all you can be for God. So we see, because we've gone through this section of Christianity that we've talked about, how we, we assume because I'm not sleeping around, because I listen to, I may not listen to bad music, I don't watch bad things on the TV, I don't watch bad things on the internet, that somehow that makes me a good Christian. That doesn't make anything. It just makes me a moral individual. What makes me a good Christian is my pursuit of Jesus Christ and how I get to know him. So the world can distract me from that. The world is so easily distracting me from knowing God. All I have to do is me spend more time on fill-in-the-blank any social network more than I spend time going to spend time with God. All of a sudden, I am not involved in growth sin. I am in nothing that nothing's going to, uh, I guess, bad ramifications. But it is holding me back from my purpose, and that is bring honor and glory for God. Even as much as we want to put sports there. I can be a great athlete, and then that keeps me from knowing God. Now all of a sudden the world distracted me from my purpose. So we can go through and be good teenagers, but we're not doing what we're supposed to be accomplishing our purpose if we're getting distracted by the world. What's the last one? Flash the world. Go ahead. Satan deceives me. Yes, everything everything he tells me is a lie. The devil is going to try to put every lie in front of me. In Second John, you read about how John writes to uh, what we would probably believe a single mom, writing into her and telling her how he's glad that she her children walk in the truth. He talks about all the deceivers. The devil's trying to put deceivers in there to stop us. All right. So then we've got so we've got our knowledge. What is temperance? What is temperance? Every day, go ahead, Rachel. Self-control. I'm, I put myself in control. We talked about Joseph. We talked about Daniel. We talked about Jesus Christ himself. Why is it so important that I can control myself? Why? You can tell me what we talked about last week, but just tell me why. Why is it, why is it a key deal? Go ahead, Rachel. Yes, yes, exactly. Because I am supposed to illustrate Christ in my life. And Christ has called me to deny myself. Now, we talked about this is not the Christianity that we talk about and that we live. This is the Christianity that says, Jesus says, hey, if you don't hate your father and mother and follow after me, we prefer the Christianity of, I go to church, but I still listen and do whatever I want to do. I sin, I read my Bible, but nothing changes. And God has called us some more. It's called me to put, because when I get to know God and I find out what he likes, I didn't control myself and to follow him. So we come to patience. What is patience? It would help if I grabbed my hand out. What is patience? Patience is simply this. Cheerful or hopeful endurance. Constancy. Cheerful or hopeful endurance. Constancy. So pretty much you can say this. I want you to write cheerful, hopeful, endurance, and then constancy, C-O-N-S-T-A-N-C-Y. I want you to write that down, but pretty much we're going to refer to it tonight as endurance. And why is patience so important? I'm not going to get there yet, but so I want you, everybody got cheerful, hopeful, endurance, constancy. This is the key verse, Hebrews 10.36. For ye have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. So, as we look at why do we need patience. In our mind, if we were to define patience, you would say patience is traffic's bad. 
you're sitting there tapping for those of you drive, waiting for, and you're looking around, these dumb drivers, why can't they just go forward? There's no stoplight there. The light turned green. Would you please get going? We still got patient that says, I'm sitting here waiting for somebody to get something done, and I'm like, ah, oh, come on, hurry up. But I'm going to have patience because tribulation work is patience. That's what the Bible says somewhere over in James. That's what we picture patience. And this passage of scripture, patience is the ability to carry a weight with a cheerful attitude. We're going to put in endure. If I were tonight to grab one of you guys, and I was going to do it, but I couldn't find the right bag. None of the bags I had could carry the, the amount of weight. And I was going to pull one of you up here, and I gave you a backpack that you could barely carry. And I said, hold this backpack. And I put on your, and you put on your back and you stood here while I began to teach. And then I said, and I said, I want you to wear that backpack this week after we leave youth group the whole week. I want you to wear it to school like that. I want you to do that. Most of us, you look at me and say, why? Why am I going to carry that backpack? That is what, and for most of the part, we talk about endurance, that I'm going to carry this. Now, watch this. If I say... You wear that backpack for a week, and I'll give you a $100 bill when you come back next week. If, I t- if your people at school tell me that you wore that bag when they saw you, next week I'll give you $100. Now, some of you still would say that's not enough. <laughs> like, I'm not putting on a dumb bag for $100. But some of you would say, that is worth it to me. And the whole time you would be carrying that bag, you would be thinking, I'm carrying this bag because I'm getting $100. If, if people made fun of you. You'd say, well, you can laugh at me. I don't care. I'm getting $100 on Wednesday. <laughs> you can laugh at me all you want. I'm getting 100 bucks for carrying this dumb bag. And you would go through, why? With cheerful endurance. And now, if I didn't give you a reason why, some of you may do it just because Pastor Burton asked me. I don't understand why Pastor Burton asked me to carry this dumb bag, but I'll do it. And you would, like, people would ask you, why are you wearing that bag? Oh, my youth pastor asked me to, so, you know, I just kind of did it for him. And you go on. Most likely... Probably rightly so, you would not be happy about doing it. See, in my life, this is what knowledge, when I know God, and I get myself under control, I learn to walk with happy endurance. Now, let's read our verse again now with that in our minds. Hebrews 10.36, For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Let me ask you. How long or what does it take for you to stop doing what is right? How long? Because see, to some of us, even right now, there are rules that you abide by. And they're just like that bag. You walk around with those rules. I think this is the dumbest thing in the world. And just as if you were just doing it for me. I think it's dumb. I'm just doing this because my parents told me to. I'm just going to obey this because my parents told me to. There are some things that God's putting in your life right now that you don't understand. And the only reason you're walking around carrying those burdens is because sometime in church they say, God, this is God's plan for my life. Now watch this. Read our verse. It says, for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Tonight, and I'm going to, I'm going to spell, this, spell this out a little bit better in just a second. But what I'm going to ask you to do is add to your faith patience. That whatever God puts in your life, you're willing to bear it happily. Because the end of the verse says, after that you have done the will of God, you have the reward. So I'm going to put, God's going to put something in my life. God says, you ought not do this. 
I put that in my bag. And I know, because this is the plan of God, this is the will of God, I do it cheerfully. And I carry the burden that God gives me. Self-control, see, is this. Me controlling Aaron Burden. There's a lot of things in life that Aaron Burden can't control. I can't control what my wife does. My wife can't control what I do. There's a lot of things in my life I cannot control. This is where patience comes in. What stops me from enduring? What stops me from following God? Let's look at it. What does it look like? The book of Job. What is it? Oh, let me read this too. The Jim Burgess. Endurance is the ability to remain faithful to God under pressure because your heart looks continually to God and faith for strength and reward. So what does patience look like? All right, here it is. James 5, 10 through 11. Take my brother the prophets who have spoken the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job. And that seemed the end of the Lord that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. So the word happy there means blessed. So you can write that there. Happy means blessed. So for just a little bit, I'm going to spell out the story of Job for just a few minutes because I want us to see this. And it's going to illustrate a purpose. God's word gives us a picture of patience. God uses Job as an illustration of the blessings that accompany those that have patience. So the Bible says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. When we hear... And we look into the Word of God, there are certain people that have great testimonies that we desire our lives to be like, but we don't want to go with what they went through. On the back of your handout, I have the life of Joseph that I would like for you guys, if you're not doing anything for your devotions, I put it on the back there so you can read the life of Joseph and make some notes. As you read through the life of Joseph, I would say, dare say that all of us in here would say, I would like to be Joseph. Who wouldn't want to be second in command of the greatest world power and come there, but not one of us would choose the path that Joseph had to go to get there. This is what endurance is. Temperance is me saying Aaron Burden is in control of Aaron Burden. Patience is my brothers are going to kill me. They throw me into a pit. <coughs> they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. How do I respond to that situation that's totally out of my control? It's not like I just say, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to hop out of the, I'm going to hop out of this pit, I'm going to start the day over and I'm going to go over and go back home and try this again. It's no, it's, I'm in a situation I can't control. My brother just sold me into slavery to a man and now I am in his house. And I have to take care of his stuff. I don't even like this man. I don't even know these people. I'm a slave. Temperance says I'm in self-control. Patience says I'm happily doing because God has a plan in my life that even though I don't understand. Let's look at Job. For illustration, Job chapter number one. I have all the verses right there. So, number one, write Job's character. Job's character. Now, we're going to set the stage for the story because this is, I know this is a common story. But this is going to, it's just such a beautiful illustration of patience. Job's character. And the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job? And there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. So, if you know the story, we hear Job's character. You know the story. I set it up. I don't understand all this. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't understand everything in the book of Job. There are a lot of great men who talk about how at the beginning of the Job, the Bible says that the sons of God, Satan, and God himself were all talking. Like, I don't understand all these things that the sons of God walking among the children. I don't understand those things. I'm going to be honest with you. And I've studied them. And there's good men that say this and the good men say that. But either way, 
The beginning of Job sets up is God is talking to Satan. And he says, have you, Satan, where have you been? And Satan says, I've been going from to and fro all over the earth. And you can see, like in our minds, like just picture God and Satan talking. And God says, hey, have you seen Job? Have you considered my servant Job? He's a perfect, he's a mature man, upright, and he stays away from evil. And Satan looks at God. Let me tell you why Job is old. The only reason Job is like that is because Job has everything. God, you've given that Job everything. The man, if you read the word of God at the beginning part of Job, the Bible says Job was the greatest man in the East. He had the most livestock as we would look at it today. He's probably like the Bill Gates, the Warren Buffett of that world. Like, Job has everything. And Satan says, of course Job loves you. Job has expressed from God's looking at Job temperance. Job knows how to behave himself. Job knows how to handle money. Job knows how to handle his family. The Bible talks about how he takes care of his family. He, he does sacrifices for his children before they're even necessary. He's leading his children toward loving God. Job has temperance down. I mean, God says he's an upright man. This is God talking. Now, if you were, if God and Satan were talking about you, what would God and Satan talk about? Would Satan say, well, let me tell you about filling your name. And what would God say? Let's talk about something else. <laughs> Let's not talk about them. <laughs> but God says he's an upright man, so he has temperance down. But let's go on and see what happens when, when patience sets in. So, so we got Job's character. So now we have Job's challenge. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, yeah, challenge your blank. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, does, does Job fear God for not? Has Solomon not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work on his, of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. And this is what Satan says. Watch this, God. But pull forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. All right. Here comes the patience. God says, Job's a great man. Satan says, no. You want to see Job's real character? Let me take everything away. Because I guarantee you that Job, God will curse you to your face. And he goes on. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power only upon himself. Put not forth thy hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. So I didn't have all these verses written on it. But here comes Job's bad day. Okay? Job gets a knock on the door. He doesn't even, he's not even aware of the situation that God and Satan have been talking about. He has nothing. He doesn't know this is a test from God. He doesn't know. He's just having a day where he wakes up. He gets a knock. Job, Job, I just came from the field. And 500 of your donkeys and 500 of your oxen, your yoke of oxen, they're gone. The Sennacherib's come in. They've taken everything you have. And they've killed all the servants, Job. And I, I'm the only one left to tell you. Okay. Job sets back. Okay, that's not a good way to start the day. I'm okay. All right. Is there, how, how's this happening? Let's, let's take care of the next situation. Next knock on the door. Job. Job, I just came from where the sheep are. And Job has 7,000 sheep. Job, I just came from... We were out in the field. And fire came from heaven. And like we were sitting there and it devoured the sheep and all the servants. All of them. 
And I'm the only one who could come to tell you, Job. They're all gone. Like the, the sheep, everything's gone. Okay. Job sets back again. Wow, this is definitely not the way I, the way I want to start my day again today. Job. No, another knock. Job. I just came back, man. The Chaldeans came through. And all 300 of your camels, they came in and they cleared out all your camels. And they left. They killed the servants. They did everything. Took everything we have. Job, we have nothing left. I'm the only one who got back to tell you, Job. Okay, Job, one more time. <laughs> wow. Okay, this is definitely not the way I want to start my day. God in heaven has already told us that Job has temperance down in God's eyes. But now comes what happens when I'm not in control of any situation. What stops me from serving God? And then Job gets probably the worst knock of all. Job, like, I heard you had bad news, but I don't want to tell you this, Job, but your sons and your daughters, they were having a party at your oldest son's house. And they were having a good time. And a windstorm came in the house that they were in, Job. Job, the house fell, and all of them died. Your, your seven sons and three daughters are dead, Job. And the Bible says that Job grabs his clothes, rents his clothes, and falls to the ground. And in every situation that I would have said we would not fault him for, we would have thought the next word would say, and he cursed God. Or he said, why, God, did you let this happen? But the Bible says that the next word is, read, I, think, I think I have it there on the handout. It says Job's choice. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell on the front of the ground. And what did he do? He worshipped. Like, man, he goes on. And said, Naked came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job sin not, nor charge God foolishly. Man. So here's Job. The absolute worst day. He is now, he was the wealthiest man of the East. And now he has Nothing, nothing but, I mean, Evie lost all his family. He has like, what, three servants standing in front of him, four servants standing in front of him, and his wife. And he's lost everything. The Bible says he rents his clothes, falls down, and he worships God. Wow. See, that's patience. Man, I don't understand any of this. I don't understand why God took my kids. I don't understand why I lost everything. But he falls to his knees. Lord, I love you. Lord, naked came out of my mother's womb and naked I'll return to there. Lord, you give and you take away. Blessed be your name. And all that Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. God, I love you. Thank you for whatever you're doing in my life. Can I tell you that takes patience beyond what I would know? I only have two kids. And if someone knocked on the door and told me, Hey, you lost both of your kids. You lost the, the $5 you did have because something happened. 
I'd say, Lord, what in the world are you trying to do? Like, God, I've been faithful. I'm trying to do what you're doing. I don't know why this is happening. But Job, the minute it happens, he chooses to worship God. And see, this is what happens. When I find out my purpose, virtue, my purpose is to bring honor and glory to Christ. And then when other people see me, they magnify Jesus Christ. I found my purpose. I'm not going to let the world distract me. I'm not going to let Satan deceive me. I'm not going to let my flesh delight. I am going to establish my purpose. So then I go to knowledge. I'm getting to know God. Man, I know what God wants me to do. And it starts to be a sweet relationship. Man, I, I, I read my word of God, and I'm not saying that I'm some spiritual Christian, but I enjoy getting in the word of God. No, God, I enjoy praying. I enjoy talking with him. As I get to know them, I, I think, hey, when people talk about how dumb Christianity is, I think, no, you don't know my God. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, like the psalmist says, and I get to know who God is. I learn what he doesn't like and what he does like. And then as I learn that, I establish temperance, self-control. I'm going to live the way God's told me to do. So God tells me, not to live this way. God told me, no, no, don't listen, don't listen to that. Do this. Do this in your life. Commit word of God to your script, scripture in your memory. All right, I'm going to do these things because now I am establishing temperance. I am controlling myself. But what happens when the world hits you in your face and you can't do anything about it? When somebody does something wrong to you? When you don't understand why this happened to your family? You don't understand why... This is happening. God, why are you putting me in this situation? What is this? What will stop you from serving God? Can I tell you that tonight patience is the key because patience is the key to the whole thing? Because most of us in here, I would say, love God and desire to serve God. But most of us are like the rich young ruler that went with Jesus. And he came to Jesus and said, Good master. What can I do to inherit eternal life? And you said, well, you know the commandments. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. You know those commandments. He said, happily. Jesus, I did all those things. I did all those things since I was a kid. I've done that since I was youth up. I've got all these covered. And God, and you said, okay. Give up everything you have. Sell all you have. Give it to the poor and come follow me. Bible says, you turn away sorrowful. Well, I guess, guess I didn't really want to do that. No, I can't go that far. Let me ask you. Have you added to your faith patience? Enduring. Willing to put whatever comes in your life. And say, you know what, I have a plan. I know my God. And he's, he's going to take care of me. Grab, grab your middle sheet. Grab your middle sheet. Do you have an extra middle sheet, dear? I, I didn't grab one. All right, I'll grab one real quick. Grab your middle sheet and let's look through it. Because this is right where we live. It says, how much are we really committed to, to exhibiting a Christ-like character? It's revealed by asking ourselves, what does it take to make me stop doing the right thing? Ask yourself. Now, read these with me. Don't, don't let your mind wander. Read the first one. Do I stop being kind when another person offends me in some way, or there is something about the person that does not appeal to me? Does that stop me from doing what I know to be as right? 
to do I stop being obedient just because I don't agree with the policy or because it inconveniences me? Hey, this is out of my control. So you know what? These people make these rules at wherever, whether it be school, whether it be at a job you work. Hey, I don't understand that song. I'm not doing it. I'm not being right. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what you do, uh, these steps, if you only do it for five minutes and you only last Christianity for five minutes and living the Christ-like life because when something hits you that you don't agree with, you don't like, I'm done. I tried to serve God. I'm done with this. You have to establish patience. Go on. Do I stop exercising self-control because I'm discouraged at the moment and want to do something that will make me feel better because my friends are indulging sinfully in something and I don't want to be left out or thought to be a, a coward? Do I endure? Hey, everybody else is going to go this way. Everybody else is going to do this. But you know what? I've, I've decided, you know, I've, I'm going to serve my purpose. I'm going to get knowledge and know Jesus Christ. I'm going to self-control. But now everybody's starting to pull me a certain way. Does that stop me from living Christ? Honoring life? I have to add patience, endurance. Nope. I've got to keep going with a good attitude because God has a plan for my life. Number four. Do I stop seeking God in my Bible and praying daily just because my schedule gets full or something doesn't go the way I want it to go and I'm upset with God? Do I? You know what? I, I tried, really, trying to get to know God and read His Word, but I'm too busy right now. i got too many things on my plate to really get to know God. Hey, I'm glad. I'm glad that some of us in here are walking this direction. I believe it. But see, we have to have the endurance to say, hey, my schedule's busy, but I, I need to spend time with God. Or do we just say, I did that, didn't work for me, now I'm stopping, I'm, I'm done with this Christian life. So we have to add to it patience. Do I stop maintaining, the, uh, I think it's number five, do I stop maintaining pure thoughts and actions when I'm given the opportunity to feed my lusts undetected through the internet, movies, or television, where I'm alone with a member of the opposite sex who is not my spouse? What stops me? My temptations begin to stop me. You know what? I'm tempted to live this way because, see, everybody in the world lives this way. Everybody in the world has a boyfriend. Everybody in the world has a girlfriend. Everybody in the world lives this way. And does that stop me from serving God? Can I please ask you to add to your faith, patience, endurance? Hey, God has called me to something greater, and I know he has a plan in my life right now, so I'm going to press forward and live that way. It takes endurance. Can I tell you that you are, and I don't mean this lightly, because I know that you guys got a lot going on, but you are at the easiest part of your life. I'm just being honest with you. If you cannot walk with God now, the pressures are only going to get greater. When you have to come go to work, and you have to, some of you ladies have kids, and take care of kids, and then maybe work a job also. I'm going to tell you, if you thought you don't have five minutes to read the Word of God now, it is not coming later. Some of you guys are going to get up and hopefully do something successful, hopefully take care of a family, hopefully get a job that will give you a, a, a good paycheck that you can live for the Lord. I can tell you that if you're going to do that job right, you're going to not have that much time to do it. Nothing, none of this changes right now where you guys put you in your life. What stops you from serving God now? You've got to add to your faith, patience, endurance, that happily that God has a plan for my life. And no matter what it takes, I'm going to keep going. Do I stop being honest when shading the truth would keep me from being held responsible for wrongdoing or would bring me praise I didn't earn? So will I stop doing what's right because 
I did something wrong and it could get me in trouble if I told the absolute truth? Do I stop sacrificing for people when they don't seem to appreciate it or when no one seems to notice? So if I'm not in the limelight, does that make me stop and not move forward with my endurance? Do I stop taking hope in the promises of God and become discouraged when I don't see circumstances working out the way I want them to or as fast as I want them to? And lastly, do I stop being a diligent worker when no one is present to hold me accountable for my work or when the work situation isn't what I had expected? I'll park here for just a second. If God's called you to do something and God gives you a minimum wage job, maybe you make below minimum wage. You make $2.13 an hour. Can I say that your Christianity does not stop at the door because you do not feel like someone's paying you what you feel like you deserve to be? Because, no, see, temperance says I'm going to put myself in self-control, but there are a lot of things in my life that I can't control, a whole lot of them. And are those things going to hit me and make me give up the whole thing? Let me read the last thing. Every character quality is only as good as its steadfastness under pressure. Every character quality, this is key, every character quality is only as good as its steadfast under pressure. You guys know this as, a, as an athlete. For you basketball players, if you can hit a three... But nobody's on the court all day long. I mean, you can shoot them backwards. You can throw them between your legs and make them. But as soon as the game starts, you can't even hit the backboard. So then somebody walks on the court to guard you. I don't know what's happening, man. I was hitting them all day. You know what the coach is going to do? Come, come sit down beside me. Go hand somebody, someone throw that water real quick for me. I don't want you in the game. The same thing happens in our Christian life. If we are not pursuing endurance, then then honestly, we're not living the Christian life. We're not. Now look at Job. Go back to him for illustration. God says, Job is a man that loves me. He's upright. And Satan, I don't care what you do to Job. You can't stop my man Job. He's doing what he's supposed to do. And Satan says, no, God. No, no, no. Let me tell you, the only reason he's doing this is because you've been so good to him. If you do bad to Job, he'll curse you to your face. So imagine Satan sitting down beside, waiting for these knocks on the door. You can almost see Satan excited. Oh, here comes the first guy. Job takes a step. Wow. I, I really didn't want to lose all my dogs. <laughs> That's a huge loss. We'll have to figure out how what we can do. What do you mean? Fire, fire came down. You're telling me fire came down from heaven and consumed the sheep? God, I don't know of any other way that fire could come down from heaven. It, Lord, are you trying to tell me? I don't understand. All 7,000 sheep are gone and the servants and everything. Man. Satan, you can almost see him. This is going to be good. I told God he's going to curse him to his face. Go ahead. They're not. Man, I mean, all the camels are gone? There was 300 camels. All of them? No, no, you're serious. All 10 of my kids were in the same house. All 10 of the kids died. I mean, all 10? You can almost see, as the Bible says, as Job rents his clothes. Satan's like, yes, yes, go ahead. Go ahead, Job. Do it. 
worships God. And Job falls down and worships God. God, you're so good. Thank you. Bless me so much, God. I came in with nothing. I'll leave with nothing. Blessed be your name. And Satan lost the battle. And that, my friends, is true Christianity. That because I can live a life in a controlled circumstance, and I can control myself, but if I cannot control the situations coming around me, and I look at those and those things knock me off the course of following Christ, I have to, I must add to my faith endurance. God gives me something I don't understand. I don't understand why this happened to me. I put on my backpack and I, I can walk through life saying, you know what, I don't understand why God gives me this. I don't want to live like this. I hate this. Or I can say, man, God has something for me. As Hebrews 10 said, I am, knowing the, I am doing the will of God and there is a reward at the end. Just as I said earlier, I said, you would wear that backpack for $100 at the end of the, at the, end of the week. Hey, you know what? I don't understand why Pastor Burton wants me to wear this backpack, but he's giving me a hundred bucks. I'm doing it. Can I tell you, the Bible says that we have awards, rewards in heaven that will beyond what we can think about. God says, I've got so many things for you, but we see our world around us and we say, you know what? I'd rather live for the devil right now. I'd rather live for myself right now than to see what God has. But can I ask you to put on your Colossians chapter 3, set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth, glasses. And whatever God puts in your life, you say, give me that backpack, Lord. I want to do your will because I know you got something for me. I know this is going to be better than anything I can ever ask or think. And I carry that, and that is patience. And you look at the end of Job. I'm sure Job didn't want to go through that, but you read the last chapter of Job. Oh, Job, you had 7,000 sheep. Now you have 14,000. Job, you had 500, I mean 300 camels. You got 600 camels now, Job. Job, God gave Job seven more, I mean 10 more kids. He had twice. He ended up with twice what he had. Now, would any of us want to go to that? No. But I can tell you when Job saddled up with the backpack and said, I'm just going to praise God because he has a plan. One day, Job's going to sit around heaven with 20 kids and look at it and he's going to smile. You know what? I didn't understand why God took you guys, but I'm so glad to see you again. I had hope. Man, this is, this is exciting to just see what God did in my life because he endured. And the verse we read... You hear that we think it happy for those who endure it. Hey, that's such a great story. <laughs> Man, Job, happily ever after. But when it comes in our lives, I'm not going to endure. <laughs> Forget this whole Christianity thing. Forget living for God. Forget doing right. It's not going to put me where I want to be. Let me ask you. I mean, let me challenge you. Add to your faith, patience. This week, if you don't have anything you're doing for your devotions, I challenge you. I wrote it on the back. Read through the life of Joseph. Mark down every time Joseph in his life had to deal with temperance. He had to control himself. And mark down every time that Joseph had no control of the situation. Not one bit. But he still looked at God's plan for his life. And you see at the end of his life, he says, hey, you guys, when you threw me in the pit, you meant it for evil. You did it for me for evil. But God, he put me in that pit for good. Because now I can save a lot of people. Alive. God's going to save a lot of people alive. And he says, you know what? I'm happy that I did it with patience and endurance. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this passage of scripture, God. And I know in such a poor way, God, I pray that you would help your Holy Spirit take what I've said and, God, use it in the hearts of our young people. Lord, I know that I did not even communicate this close to the way I desire it to be. But, Lord, I want 
us in my life, I mean, in our lives to establish patience. But I want the same thing in my life, God, that when you put things in my life that I don't understand, God, when I have to obey rules that I may not want to, or that I may live a life that my flesh desires to go one where the devil is deceiving me, but what I have endurance to stay focused on the goal or that you set for me in my life and that's established my purpose. And God, I pray that you would burn that deep in my heart, and I pray that you deep, burn it deep in all, all of our hearts here as a youth group, or that we move forward and that we'd be patiently enduring. God, everything that comes in our lives, Lord, knowing that what you're going to do in our lives. And I pray that, Lord, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, we have everyone in this room. Lord, has been faithful in serving you. And, Lord, we reap the fruits and the benefits of that service. Lord, we love you. We need your help so badly in this area. We ask that you strengthen us in Jesus' precious name we pray it. Amen.